What's up, guys? Eddie here, and uh, this is our official rebranding to Books to Business, our first podcast under the new name, and uh, feeling really good. Got a good vibe. So our, our first um, our first book under the Books to Business name is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, and this came highly requested. Um, a lot of you reached out and wanted us to dive into this book, and uh, happy you did. It's an incredible read, and uh, a lot of important concepts. Uh, you know, it's, it's really motivational about a guy, 300 pounds, you know, overweight, depressed, was an exterminator, um, transformed his life by thinking differently, became uh, an incredible overachiever in the military and beyond in the world of ultra racing, and he's a keynote speaker and just a, a really inspirational guy. And so we talk about some of his mental philosophy, some of the tricks, tips, um, you know, the, the mindset he uses and uh, how those apply to us as entrepreneurs and in the business world. So a lot of good nuggets in here. Check it out and, uh, you know, be sure to leave your feedback. If you haven't, um, you know, please rate, subscribe on the uh, on the Apple app. Helps us a lot and we love to hear from you. And lastly, if you're interested in more, getting into the details, um, maybe the nuances uh, of entrepreneurship and, and applying these concepts, We'll leave a link to the private Facebook group in the description. So that said, enjoy the show and have a great week. What's up, guys? Welcome to Drumroll Books to Business. We just uh, went under a new rebrand here. Because everybody was having difficulties connecting the dots to your voice to the world, which means, you know, originally was sharing your voice, building your business, using books. And we did a lot of testing and people wanted the best business ideas from the best business books. Yeah, that's so simple. Eddie and I uh, used a little, little of our own recipe, eating at our own restaurant, so to speak, and Cognitive Fluency is short, a short title to the podcast. Very easy to understand. We're going to use books. To help you build your business. Yeah, it was awesome. It took a long time to like. It's it's always you're always looking to cut away, cut away, cut away. Yeah. And uh, you have a really good point, and something that we should probably emphasize is like, you got to test and you got to look at the data and, uh, yeah, helped us helped us draw our conclusion. So I was pretty. And it came off pretty happy with it. Came off an Instagram, uh, story uh, post. Yeah, the Remember survey. We, yeah, we were doing uh, posts on Instagram trying to get people to look at the podcast, and the podcast numbers are going really well. I'd like to see more reviews, and I'd like to see more shares, but the people that are watching are coming back, and our views are up, and we're climbing the charts, and we're excited about that. But when we posted best business ideas from books and the concept of using books to build your business, that is the one that hit by a mile, like 10x, the next closest one. Yeah, uh, Sharing your voice is a big part of our, our, our message um, and helping people do that, and it's a big part of business, but... Having things simple to get somebody into our ecosystem is we use books to help you build your business. Yeah. Number one rule. Content's not going to change. It's how you talk about yeah. it, how you communicate it. It's got to be clarity. if, and especially if you can't leave the house. Okay? <laughs> That's right. Because we have a captive audience now. We're stuck inside. Eddie and I were just talking about how our lives aren't changing much because of the way we structured our um, our lifestyle and our business. You know, we are this message of books to business is how to build your lifestyle, your ideal lifestyle and have your business be around it. And ours was when we were talking last year at the pier, like I want to 
help people build their business talking about books and, and, and doing consulting, uh, ideally digitally and virtually. And guess what? People can't even leave their houses now for the most part. They're not supposed to be out. I'm consulting with a company up in Boston, and they, these, are, these are financial advisors that used to get in their cars and drive to see people get out of their cars, get into their houses if they were there, and sometimes they're not, and talk to them face-to-face. Now they have to do it virtually. Right. Think about it. Like, how much has your life changed in the last month? Um, work-wise, virtually zero. Um, yeah. You know, because most of my creation is done inside. Um, you know, and the you can talk on the phone, you can consult over the phone. All these things are done virtually, and we've, you know, worked hard to set it up that way. You can't get any. Uh, you don't need hand sanitizer or extra toilet paper, do you? <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I'm rocking and rolling. There's yeah, but, a. Yeah. But you know, you aren't out. We're not out and about right now. We're just talking. Uh, imagine though, this is my point. Imagine if this became a permanent situation, like a year or six months. How would you operate? How would you adjust to make a good living? That's a good question. There's a saying: if if you don't make a change, sometimes life makes it for you. There's a lot of people are going to be forced to make. I mean, not necessarily because of this. I mean, this could be you know fixed or resolved in a, in a month two months but i mean you're, you're it's a very valid question you know there's there's benefits and there's advantages to setting up you know your entrepreneurial pursuits your business on your own terms making it more conducive to the world we live in nowadays mm-hmm. and this is a perfect example yeah you know? yeah you're gonna you're gonna uh, change at some point you might as well do it under your terms because think about it if you wanted to go into a world like if you're a travel agent or a bartender or uh, you're in a restaurant or you're selling food to restaurants or you're selling advertising to restaurants, all restaurants are shutting down. Like you're out of business. Yeah. Through no fault of your, your own, your life's been disrupted because your, your business uh, was the center of your life. And now more than ever, if you're ever considering creating a world for yourself where you're in control, where no one can tell you that you no longer have a job because of some exterior influence, this is the time to be looking at uh, getting wisdom out of books. This one's about mental toughness. We're going to talk about in a second or starting a business online or changing how you operate and changing the field. Yeah. Swapping out the stadium. That was, uh, yeah, that was one of the first conversations we had a year ago. Stadium swap. Yeah. Changing your conditions. So this guy right here, Mr. David Goggins, made a lot of changes in his life. Wasn't in a good place in many scenarios, and uh, we'll talk about him diving into that pain, into that discomfort, changing his identity, his surroundings, taking life into his own hands so that he was able to create his own reality, make life work for him. A pretty, pretty extraordinary account of someone uh, molding life into their own terms. This guy is uh, a whole nother level. Of course, it's another Navy SEAL. So I think there have been, within the last three or four books, we've had two SEALs, uh, David Goggins and Jocko. But this book is a little different. This is about the battle you have with your own mind. And he, he was essentially a, you know, someone that was heavily abused as a, as a kid by his father, uh, you know, a lot of racial issues, and always at the bottom and kept bringing himself up through his journey. And he has some principles that he shares and has gone, you know, pretty popular. It's a great book, millions of followers and, and, and great principles that you can use in your life. 
Um, and some of it will be repeat, repeated principles from other books. Yeah. That's what I love about books when the, the evidence keeps presenting itself. It's just reinforcement of an idea we heard earlier. Yeah, you see a lot of overlap for sure, yeah. for sure. What would you say maybe to start it off, like the, the main theme or the main point for anyone that's never read it, thinking about it, maybe someone wants a recap. If you had to give them like a 101, what would you say? This book is about X. It's, a, it's about conditioning your mind to always accept reality and deal with it, not to accept reality as your, as your future. It's accept the circumstances of reality and build a plan to get past it and endure. Yeah. Yep. You know, using your mental abilities without having to take a pill, without having to get on an airplane or go to a seminar. You know, th- you have the tools that you that you need right now to be better than you currently are. And you can do that over time. I, I mean, I love how he you know, he was he wasn't anything special. Uh, he couldn't read. He had disabilities. He had physical, in, you know, issues and limitations. And all of a sudden he rises up yeah. and then he falls and he rises up. He did it three or four times, um, you know, being real. I think I think that's a big thing. The truth hurts is one of the yeah one of the chapters. He's got like a no nonsense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a really cool uh, in, God. I don't remember if it was in the podcast or in the actual book itself, but in the audio book, it's in there. He talks about being at the gym. Someone comes up and says, "You know, I'm so inspired by you. I want to do a 50, 50 meter or fifty mile uh, run. Any tips? Any like, what should I do? How do I start? Like, and he just goes, "Sign up." Like, what are you doing? Right. You sign up. And this is a theme that it's been in a lot of our books. Uh, Weintraub, a lot of these guys, you commit and you work backwards. Right. You know, because if you if you keep planning and, and wait for the perfect moment, we all know this. It never comes. Yeah. So the, that's his big thing. You know, yeah, the glass ceiling in your own in your own brain, like whatever story you tell yourself, I always say if you if you don't have a story. For yourself the world will have one for you you are the architect of your own story and a lot of people that think that we're not capable of things like uh he he says we are operating on about 40 percent of our capability mm. when we think we're at 100 percent and and there's a process to keep pushing yourself and he and, and and he has some interesting techniques that he uses his his principles uh, if you get the book they're and, and, and more specifically, if you get the book on audio, it's it's done in a very unique way. It's a book reading with him being interviewed after each chapter, like almost a podcast. Yeah. It's really interesting uh, uh, technology uh, that they kind of combined podcasting and audible books. It's really cool. I wonder how many people will do that after hearing. I mean, because it's a really cool medium. It, I'm sure it'll get. It's the best one. I, I you know, I'm going to do my audio version. I want to do it in the same model. Yeah. You know, so you can talk about it because a lot has happened since I wrote that book. And I'm sure if he redid this podcast version of the book hasn't changed, obviously, but I'm sure his commentary on each chapter changes because your life changes. Um, what did you think about the book? What, what did what did you summarize this book? Um, I, I agreed wholeheartedly with what you said, you know, doing the difficult thing. Um, I, I thought a big theme was uh, identity and how, you know, you follow through on who you believe you are. Mm-hmm. And so you can see throughout the book, you know, at the beginning where he's sort of when he's cleaning or he's, uh, uh, what do you call a term, exterminator? Yeah, he's an exterminator, yeah. Yeah, and, and he pretty much views himself as a loser, and he goes home and he eats and he's obese, and you see throughout the book as his mind becomes more calloused and, and he starts growing as a person, his identity change, and he literally starts seeing himself as a badass and this guy that can take anything on. Um, and so that, to me, was like, it, it really resonated the most. It's like you, what you see yourself as 
you follow through on. Yep. Um, that's part A, and part B is well, you gotta you gotta bring it out of yourself too. Right. You know, you gotta cre- put yourself in a position to to jump into that new suit, that new clothes, wear those right. new shoes, metaphorically, of course. Um, but yeah, yeah, he always he always looked for a little bit more on the tank. You know, he had that mistake learner's high. He almost once he thought he was at the brink of failure, he always whether he was in the Navy SEALs or at BUDS, which was the you know basic underwater demolition SEAL. That's what it stands for. It was in the book. Remember last week we didn't know what it was? Yeah, yeah. And he, you know you think you're about ready to quit, and then he goes, not only doesn't quit, but he gets a whole nother level, and, and he, he calls it taking souls. Yeah. Like when everyone else is done and you somehow uh, you know, get another level. I saw it in a hot dog eating contest once with uh, Jimmy Chitwich. Joey Chestnut, he's eating hot dogs, right? And he has on like 70 hot dogs. And that's an amazing transition. I, know, I, just, I just remember it. He starts, he gets another plate. He starts eating hot dogs. The other four people are just, that's it. Like he, you know, imagine that you're just full beyond full, and you think you wanted this guy orders another plate. Like that's what he did, and he did it in boat racing. He did it in, in running. He did it in a lot of things. But it is about that. It's about reaching deeper than you ever thought was. You know, being hard. Yeah. You know, that's that's the Navy SEAL term, hard. And taking like a beating. If you've taken a beating, he 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 basically says it was a, a gift. It calluses your 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 body and your mind for the bigger beating that's coming. And then the beatings are never going to stop coming. Yeah. And it's okay. He likes them. He likes know? them. They yeah. make them grow. And you touched on the, the 40, 40% rule briefly, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the idea, you know, as he, as he goes through his whole life. Uh, Buds, it's, you know, obviously very challenging. He's run ultras. He does all these things. And just a simple principle. When you are, um, you know, when your mind's saying, stop, you've exhausted all your capability, all your, but you're done, once you hit that point, you're at 40% of your maximum capacity. So that means you have 60% left once your mind starts telling you that you're done or you're tired. Um, And that alone speaks, I mean, he's done, he does amazing things just because why not, right? Going into buds, you remember the part when he's like, um, they're like, you need to lose 100 pounds in three months. Right. He just does it just does it because he doesn't ask himself, you know, why not? He doesn't create obstacles. He just says, look, here's the goal and I'm going to do it. And, uh, amazing feat after amazing feat because why not? Yeah. He had a big, he had a, obviously a big, why he wanted to become, you know, he had a dream in his head. He wanted to become that. And that was a very, you know, the one thing about the military is they're very specific and particular about requirements. Like if you get, you're either in or out and it was at this weight level, you had to be 296, no, 241, whatever. No, 197. He had to lose 106 pounds because he, he, he had to get down to 197. And he was almost 300 or over. And that was the weight. So he put that in as a goal, three months. And he had to pass a test. So he had another goal he had to concurrently do, a test that he no, never passed before. He had to pass that test. Um, and life is no different than that. Like you have a goal. I mean, in, in, in your own world, what's a goal? I mean, you got to pay your bills at a certain level. Right, right. You so you got to support um, your business if you're doing that. You got to pay employees. So that's the that's the baseline goal. Imagine if you're only operating at forty percent, but you think it's a hundred percent. Right, never is. Yeah, it isn't. And like businesses that are doing a million can do three million. Yeah, you know, when that becomes a new baseline, once you make your adjustments, everything adjusts back, and the body's no different. The body and the mind's no different. You know what you can achieve. 
Oh, I love it. I mental, love it. I love it. Mental callousness. So the abuse that you've taken is a gift. Yeah. You're not a victim. You're a hero. And cal- the cal- callousing the hero, you know, that, that warrior that's ne- that, that's been tested versus that one that's never been tested. Mm-hmm. And you always can get a little bit better trying to improve on your last record. He, he does it in his whole, his, all his journey. When you take that concept, uh, uh, like piecemealing it, right? Because I feel like that's an incredible concept. The fact that you can always be doing more. You're always, you know, when you think you're maxed out, you're 40%, whatever. Combined with Jocko's discipline equals freedom, right? right that helps you unlock um, the, the, the concept that Goggins speaks about. It's almost like they go hand in hand. You're, so like I'm thinking from like a, a business perspective, right? You right. just mentioned uh, you know, you're operating at whatever. Uh, you can be doing more. How? Well, right. you pull some tools from, uh, from Jocko's book and, and the discipline and the structure right. allows you to then increase that capacity. I just like the way that works together. Jobs did it too when he talked about a project. If you, would, if you dare give Jobs a, a deadline, he said, oh, we'll have it done in two weeks. Like you just made the world's biggest mistake because that guy's about ready to ask you to have it done in three days. Yeah. Because they'll say what could be done in two weeks can be done in a week. Mm. And then if you agree to the week, he'll say, well, have you ever done anything in t- three or four days that was done in a week? And he'll keep pushing and pushing and pushing. That's what great leaders do. Yeah. They push. Uh, I'm not a runner. Uh, you're a runner. But he references on three or four different occasions the sympathetic nervous system, which is that, that intrinsic gear. It's not seen. It's just something that happens in your mind, and it creates another level of, of adrenaline, or it's a burst. The... And people get it. You see, you know, little kids flip over cars when their parents are under the car. There's been lots of examples of that throughout time. Right. Like, how did that person do that? Or how did someone live? Remember the guy that lived in the cave with his arm in there? He lived an extra, like, two weeks. Oh, he sawed his arm off. Yeah. I mean, there's, that's the sympathetic nervous system. But as you're, you're a runner, it's yeah. pretty common in running, isn't it? I mean, you're out of juice. Yeah. Second wind, they call it a little bit. Well, that's part of the, I mean, that's, that's not like a maybe. That is the sport. It's like who can do more when they feel like, you know, the world's right. falling down around them. That's and and so, you know, no one runs a, a marathon and feels good. And that's part of why I feel like I resonated with that so well. It's also why I always talk about running, you know, in my content. It's because there's a direct correlation. But I mean, it's not even a stretch. It's the same principle. Mm-hmm. When you're running, if you want to win, you run into pain. When you're in business, if you want to succeed, you do the uncomfortable thing. You do what's scary and like you know everything. That's that's what it is. Um, you know, when I used to run around the Charles River, and I made a, I think I made a video about this, like the first year, I, uh, I was on YouTube before I even launched a lot of what I have going on now, and it was like, um, I used to play this game where, uh, as I'm running around the city, you know, I would like. I mean, and, and these runners that I'm, I'm talking mm-hmm. about, they're completely oblivious to what I'm doing, obviously, yeah. like, and, and should be, they should be, like, who cares, right? But yeah. the thing is, I just got so jacked up um, by counting the number of runners that I passed Right. when I was running around the Charles River, and it was like this big thing to me, and it was like, I never wanted to get passed, I ne- just period, and it, oh. no consequence, but it made me run harder. And for that, you know, that little takeaway was worth it for me. You made a game out of it. I made a game made out of it. something that sucked into a game. I had a call last week from a dear friend I've known my whole life. And she knows a little bit about my medical journey. And she has a, a healthcare scare, a brain condition, mm-hmm. and so, which is going to make her, they're making her do an MRI. 
So if you've ever been in an MRI machine, you're in a tube, and even if there's a little bit of room and you're smaller, they make it smaller so the MRI machine's like legitimately, it's, it's almost you can touch it with your nose, and she's claustrophobic, so she was crying and upset about that. Now, I was pretty big when I had to do a many, a many MRIs, and I had a similar situation when you talked about counting the runners. Like I was having these panic attacks, almost like they got to pull you out, like mm. you're gonna like flip out. And uh, I started counting um, all the cities I've been in. I think I ended up getting way over 150, but but I just kept counting them, just to keep the yeah, mind. So I told ease. her, yeah, just to create a game out of it. Count the restaurants you've been in, or you know, it's just a, a tool, and you know, it never ends. You make a game out of something bad. And that's what he did with the, you know, with his running and stuff. He'd be, he, they, you know, they, they had a, you know, he was a, when Marcus Luttrell got, I think it was Marcus Luttrell's group got killed. Two of them got killed or three of them got killed mm-hmm. out of the four for the lone, what was it, the lone survivor movie it was made of it. They all were seals together. When he got killed, he, uh, Goggins wanted to do a fundraiser for, for the Wounded Warrior uh, Foundation, I believe it was. And he, to do that, he was going to run this ultra marathon. That's how he got into ultras, which are, 100 miles right in 24 hours so he had never run one before and one was up in three days and the, and, the, and to qualify for the one he wanted to run in the guy asked him he said well, why don't you go ahead and run in that one and he had never run in one before and with no preparation that no one's ever done this he ran, not only did it but finished and he placed well and, and he was the only person to ever do that like he made a game out of it yeah, and he was out of gas. If you, you know, he was out of gas relatively quickly in that one. Is that the one around the track when he had that like his body shut down? He brought Ritz crackers and like uh, instead of bringing water and electrolytes and stuff and potassium, he brought like Ritz crackers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and chocolate chocolate milk or something. Yeah, so, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but he was. It was kind of a joke. You that's know? But, amazing. Yeah. So, so he does He's that. A badass. Yeah, dude. exactly. With, nobody does that, you know. And then he even one of the best ultra runners in the world now. He does that, and then imagine being the guy that goes up to him in the gym and says, so what should I do to prepare? Like, you, you don't. <laughs> you just do it. Oh, I love the book starts. One of my favorite lines, he says, once you take your first breath, you are eligible to die, but you're also eligible to become the ultimate warrior. Yeah. You, and he has that famous Heraclitus quote that we had, you know, of men on the battlefield. You know, of the 100 people there, um, he said, 10 don't belong at all. 80 are targets, just targets. Nine are the are fighters, and they make the fight. And then the one is the warrior. Yeah, which he is certainly the one. Yeah, that brings everybody home. So you can become the warrior. Uh, once you take your first breath, you can, it's, it's completely up to you. Right. And it's your interpretation on these events that you get. You, know, you get beat down, you get up. You... We're broke growing up, good, you know? All these things are all gifts that you get. Because when real things hit, and this is nothing, like this is relatively nothing what's going on in our world right now. It's not a lot. You know, our grandparents went to war for two and three years, you know? Our generation seen We gotta sit nothing. home on our computers and we're pissed off that we don't get takeout. Uh, it's not, yeah, this is nothing yet. It's a different, it's a different world. I always think about that. Like we are so sheltered, it's particularly in the West. Yeah. Have it so good, have it so easy. We have no idea, you know, particularly prior to this, what, 250-year experiment, you know, with in the United States, democracy. Like, we think everything is 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 like this. 
and so we find little intricacies to complain about and it's like dude no and you read this like yeah it, to your point it makes you if your biggest complaint is that your starbucks coffee had too much cream in it you're in for a rude awakening at some point. Yeah, not to not to be the the pragmatists over here, but that's just uh, that's just the reality. I think it's a good point. Like, what are you prepared to do right now if this goes bad? How tough are you? Could you live on less food? Could you live on less money? Could you live on less? Could you live without your house? I mean, the economy is doing what it's doing. It's going to do what it what it does. And something's going to happen. You got to be prepared for the for what's going to come. Tough. Yeah. This book's about being tough, being ready, uh, hard. Yeah. Because answer your question. Yes, you can do all those things. It's just have you positioned your mind to, right? You know. Uh, yeah. Also, fun fact: ultra marathon, anything over twenty six point two. Oh, it's not the one hundred. It is, but oh. anything over. Oh, he did one. He said two hundred and three days. Yeah. Two hundred miles. Two hundred five miles in three days. I, I don't remember. I There's don't remember. one that my friend ran. He's a, a senator in Texas, a state senator. He, seven continents. He did one on every continent. Oh, my God. In like a month. I think it might have been, I don't know if it was seven days, but it was wild. Imagine the rush of doing I something know. like that. He wow. finished, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, his name's Patrick Fallon. Because he, he, I saw him you know, on Facebook. I grew up with Pat my whole life. He actually walked on to Notre Dame as a walk-on uh, like Rudy did. Like he wasn't, oh, yeah. yeah, he, he didn't, he actually, actually had an interaction with Rudy. I think they went into business together. Um, but now he's a, a, you know, a state Senator in, in, uh, in Texas, uh, you know, and he gets like 60,000 votes. It's not like an election where I come from in New Hampshire, where the governor wins at 40,000. Like it's a, you know, it's a legitimate deal, but he did, he, I guess that's a form of ultra, right? Yeah. Badass. Yeah. Impressive. Really what the cool. body can do. What else do we got? Anything? Um, what about you, Steve? I know you read it too. Any any uh, topics you feel like we haven't covered yet? Um, one thing I really liked that he said uh, that stuck with me was, "You're either getting better or you're getting worse." Like anything he did, he thought of it that way, and I liked that because. And he mentioned it the way he said it. He put it really well. Was you ask somebody how they're doing? They're saying good, same old, same old. And he's like, "There's no same old, same old." And if you are feeling that, then you're getting worse. So he was like constantly getting better. And then it also reminded me within that phrase, same sentiment was relentless. It was like he was talked about being uncommon amongst the uncommon. Oh, I love that. Yeah, he was, he was amongst the seals and he's like, I'm going to do the most of this. And then he, and then he ran the, the, the one that he signed up for in three days. He was, like you said, he was like incapacitated, could barely finish it. And then when he finished the race, did all a hundred miles, he did one more lap for one more mile. So he did like 101 miles. Savage. Yeah. But he also did a a stint with Delta and the other special forces groups too. Didn't he? Didn't he just start joining the other ones? Yeah, he went to like the army rangers. He sought Um, it out. Yeah. Crazy <laughs> level of insanity. I, I think I'm pretty sure he was unliked yeah. a lot of times, and he discovered he called himself out on it. Yeah, like he was starting to be an I, asshole. I think it was so he did the Army Rangers, and then he knew the creed like better yeah. than the people there. Right. They tried to call him out, and then when he uh, they start he started leading little platoons, but he would push people thinking they're like him, and yeah. like this is if you're a Navy SEAL, if you're in this place, you want to live to this level. And people are like, dude, you're killing these people. These people, and he's, he doesn't. He then he realized like not everybody wants to kill themselves like doing this. Mm. Yeah, there's a there's some kind of fine line of insanity, yeah. right? Where Depends who you ask. Well, he's, well, he's been, yeah, he almost died a few different times. It, that's that's what you stuck know. out to me is that Danger. like he you never stop, you keep achieving more. He's like the best of the best, but 
at some point, like his body's breaking down. There was just so many things that. Speaking of, that was a huge point. I thought because as a runner, I've always had injuries. Remember the yeah. knot on his head? Yes. Yeah. And his body's breaking down, and literally he just stretches, and yeah. things start. And now he took it to extreme and did what, like two or three hours of stretching a day? Dude, like, like twelve, I think. Oh, is it something yeah, that outrageous? He went crazy. Yeah. So he just started stretching like a madman, but like his symptoms started disappearing. Yeah. Which was amazing. Well, yeah, that, and that part, what I liked about that is that he finally, he had like the medical mystery. They couldn't figure out what happened. So he's laying there and he's like at peace. Like he finally uh-huh. accepted all his, um, he's like, I did it. I did all these things. Look where I came. And he was like at peace. And he talks about being at peace. And um, mm-hmm. then when he was laying there, he started to like kind of feel his body more. And that's when he felt like the knots in his neck, knots in his hips. And you remember the guy from some class that taught him about stretching and he's like, I don't need stretching. Like it's always, if I had injuries, like you said, push right through it. If I have this, I'll deal with it. If I have broken legs, like he'll, I'll tape them up and run with them. But then he's like, he tried stretching and then he couldn't even stretch. He was like sitting and he couldn't even sit in the position, did it for hours and more and more. And then it loosened him up. Right. It was crazy. What's good about that idea? Like something's wrong and he, you, you experiment with what works. You don't necessarily have to have to go. What worked for him once didn't work. Right. And there's modalities out there that could solve problems. I mean, they're not always the, the most obvious. I mean, who would know that a guy like that with that type of body would stretch his way out of a like he thought he was going to be crippled. Yeah, that was a really. Yeah, he was like literally never. He didn't run for a little while and, and just stretching Yeah, a little bit. It sounds like a little bit of meditation. You know, like sometimes that that's just a switching that switch over is a, a transformation itself, a change. Yeah. That was an amazing thing. What was that quote though? Be un- was it uncommon against uncommon yeah. men? Yeah, uh, amongst yeah. amongst uncommon. Yeah, yeah. Like he's like the best of the best. Oh man, uncommon around. I also really like the quote when he said, uh, "King of Kings" type thing. He said, uh, "It takes twenty years to get twenty years of experience because it's like you can't. There's no shortcuts, and yeah. it's like you have to all the stuff, things he learned. It took all those hardships to do it. Yeah, that's fantastic. There isn't a shortcut. There isn't. The, the, the only thing is certain is waiting sucks. Just don't wait. Get going with something if you want to do it. If it does take twenty years and that's real, you every year you don't do it. You you're, you're twenty more years away. Can't improve upon steps you haven't taken, right? Right. Um, yeah. That said, I mean, it's been a big learning point for me. Like the, the the biggest steps I've taken forward in my professional career are because of efficiencies that I've taken, which mm-hmm. isn't a shortcut. That's being smarter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like um, realizing, like, oh my God, I'm I'm it's I'm going the long way home on a lot of these things. Yeah, you know, when it comes to just production capabilities and scaling and just being more efficient with what you're doing. So that's they're two different things. I just want yeah. to call that out. Yeah, one's one's efficiency. There's others like you can't like art takes the time art takes. I think true. You can't like. I think I've overheard someone talk to you about your content. Right? He said, "Get out more or less." You fought with that sucker. That's been the bane of my existence. How do you <laughs> scale this stuff, right? right? Unless you know, unless you're repurposing or having someone else write it. Right. But that's just not my my brand. Pound for pound, like you lose your title. Yeah. It's all right. organic, homemade stuff. That's it, man. That's it. Did you imagine if you, my my I almost my grandmother made the apple pie, and it broke my heart when I found out she she had the uh, the fake pie crust. My mother told me. <laughs> mm-hmm. so like, Come on, man! She just tell you last week. Yeah, I got something to tell. Oh, it was it was recently? Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't yeah, it wasn't like when we're eating it. 
what was it called? The Pillsbury rolled up pie crust. My grandmother wow. did that with the apples in the cans. Mm. What uh, is up with that? Just repress it, block them back. I don't care. It still tastes good. I think I think I created the the uh, environment that it tastes good. <laughs> Happy times, right? That's Comfort it. food. Another thing you could talk about through business, like another application, was that he says people have these. When he does his workout, people say like, oh, you have a meeting at 6 a.m. He's like, I usually wake up at 5 a.m. to do my workout. He's like, okay, so now I wake up at 4. Like he says these schedules dictate what he does with his day. And people are like, I can't do it because this came up. It's like, no, the schedule tells you how to schedule your day. It doesn't dictate your schedule. Like it doesn't change your schedule. Well, it changes your schedule, but it's not like you're a victim to it. Now you just adjust. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I love that a lot. Yeah, you got to find the time, right? Everyone's trying to find more time. There's time in your day. You can get up a little earlier, but you waste a lot of time. We- you had an amazing point last week. If you own a cell phone, you can make time in your day, period, because you're wasting an exorbitant amount of time on that Terrible, thing, no yeah. matter who you are. You got to put it in the coffin. <laughs> put it in the coffin. Yeah, you know that's what a coffin is? is like, I tell my kids, I put your phone in the coffin when you're driving, and they're going to put you in a coffin. Ooh. Like you got to put it in the deck and push, close the damn thing. Those things are dangerous, but it's you, one way you, to communicate. You can't. Uh, I know it's pretty hard, but <laughs> that's the way it goes. I like it. I like it. But you're you're um, you're in charge of your time, and if you make if you're disciplined about it, you could get up a little earlier. I mean, sleep's real important. That means you're trading sleep, but you got to you got to trade off. He wouldn't care. He does not care if you're trading sleep for it. Yeah. He's, he just gets up and just does it again. 2 a.m. workout crazy. How old, how old is that guy? Maybe 40? He was, he was 38 when he started to have those issues. 38. He, he so he's probably life was over. 45 now, you think? I couldn't tell you. I'm I'm gonna, I'll sure. look it up. It doesn't matter. But he's 40, you know, like time will tell what his body's going to do. I mean, what he's done to his body, who knows? It's true. He is 45 right but now. But, you know, the um, if you, you know, business application is there's power in failing. Failing is... You know, to speak to Edison, you know, it's a it's it's eliminating one thing that doesn't work, getting closer to one thing that does work, mm. and getting charged up when you find something that you're trying it doesn't work. Like we're doing these unique ads right now. We're going through. We 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 had probably one of the biggest failures I think from a marketing perspective you can ever have. We put money into a lot a lot of traffic. We got a shit ton of opt-ins, and nobody was buying the product. Got punched in the nose. It happens. But we got a lot of powerful information about that, you right, know? Right. It, the, like, we're literally not even close to where we need to be. We're eliminated that as an option. Instead of trying to make something work badly, we're just going to eliminate it and go turn, turn the cannon somewhere else. We, the good news is we got a lot out of it. We know how to get someone to get that first domino down. Exactly. We got them into our ecosystem. We just got to get them into another, another place. It was, so, it was a good price for the lesson. I mean, it really was. Yeah, well, totally. I mean, in failure, we got a, we got a big win. And, and why do entrepreneurs always, like, there's power in the cliches, right? Why do entrepreneurs always talk about their obstacles and their losses? Because, like, if you look at life, and I'm going to talk about this in, in an upcoming video, like a game, which is, I think, how you should look at it, right? Um, there's wins and there's losses. You can't have one without, I mean, they're just both going to happen. But the idea is, as you learn, you grow and you improve, the wins become more consistent, more substantial, and, and something to build on. And the losses, at least in comparison, they're all. If you're pushing and you're being aggressive, like you should be, there's always going to be some element of like we just did got, you know, our asses handed to us. Right. But that's that's part for the course. And so you literally can't have one without the other. Always remember that. That's it's it's 
the the cost to get in the room is failure. Right. That's simple. If you make you know? a decision, he did this with his pull-up. He's a Guinness record holder for pull-ups. Yeah. I think he had 4,000 or something in 17 hours. If I'm not mistaken, it was around that. A lot. Yeah. A little over. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay, so he won. He lost twice. First time he lost was on, on uh, the Good Morning America show, I believe it was, or the Today Show. He lost live. Mm-hmm. Got his teeth kicked in. And then he lost again because his hands kept bleeding. And then he, but he, every time he lost, he debriefed. And then the, he th- you know, the breakthrough that he makes, and I think he, this, is, this is true in anything, is he took himself off, off of the grid, and he says, I'm going to win this. I don't care how long it takes. He took himself off the calendar. He didn't give himself a time limit. He just made a decision that this is mine, and I'm getting it. Yep. If it takes two months, it'll be two months. If it takes 20 years, 20 years from now, I'll have this record. And you know that was like deserving it. You deserve it. You're going to get it. Work hard towards it. Set you know? the goal. Backfill. Yeah, like the the experiment doesn't end. Like life isn't an ending experiment. It's a never ending experiment. And if you're getting better every day, so be it. If you're not getting better, so live with it. Yeah. Because that's going to happen. It's beautiful. It's a nice time. And then maybe after this, Steve, we go right to the the questions. Um, but that ties into the theme of commitment. I mean, over and over and over again, he is so committed. It's mm. like that same like do or die type thing. Right. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to do it or I'm going to die trying, right? Like right. the great philosopher uh, 50 Cent said, shout out to Brian Breach. <laughs> <Yeah>. 50 Cent. <laughs> um, yeah, so what do we got, I didn't know 50 Cent was a philosopher. <laughs> no, that was um, a slide from Brian Breach's TED Talk. Oh, was it? Yeah, no. So, I don't know, something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm recycling like it from it somewhere. No, that was great. Um, great philosopher, 50 Cent. I have a question here from Daniel. It says, what do you think about him saying exceeding God's expectations? Do you guys remember that part? It was towards the end of the book. He said he has God has a list for him. What's the context? It's so just like he says there's a, the, like, for example, in the, in the end of the book, he talks about uh, there's a list God has. And it's what he could have done with his life, and he doesn't want to regret not living up to his full potential. But he wants to exceed that list. And that's just what the question says. What do you think about your thoughts on him trying to exceed the higher power's expectations? Is it, is there, because it plays into that no finish line? Yeah. There's no finish line if you're ever content. Like, that's, what, that's why it stood out to me. Yeah, that's the, that's the same as you probably don't even know this anymore. Because there used to be dog racing. Like greyhounds used to race around the track, and they'd yeah. race a rabbit. Mm. They'd never let the dog catch the rabbit. <laughs> the rabbit, the dog ever caught the rabbit, it would know that the rabbit's uh, not real. So the greyhounds would just run, and it, the rabbit would be on a, a car with a pole and be a rabbit on there, like a, a stuffed animal. And, the, and they'd run, and at the last second of the, at the finish line, they'd scoop the, the the greyhound rabbit, and the greyhounds would would run. Uh, life is like that. So I, maybe he meant that there is no such thing. Like if God stopped the race, he's still running. That guy, the guy was just a unique put, guy like that. Yeah. Like imagine that if you had a, a, a bigger goal than what God gave you. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think it's just being hyperbolic. Like, um, yeah. I don't specifically remember that part. Do you? No, no. I get it though. I mean, I could see him saying it. Yeah. Yeah. But what, what stood out to me was that when he talks about, uh, 
exceeding that expectation. Like it's almost like if you accept that you you there's no finish line and that you're exceeding anything you ever thought possible, it's you you get over that instead of like waiting like okay maybe this is where I'm done this is where I'm done you you kind of just like get out of that race completely and implying just, that God provides a finish line and then he as a human is surpassing it he he was just insane in the fact that uh, it stood out to me because when he said that in the book he's like God made this list like if he stayed that 300 pound fat person and he uh, stayed being the exterminator and he didn't push himself and he's and God's like this could have been your life you could have been a Navy SEAL who ran ultra marathons he, he that's regret mm-hmm. and then he's like so that's that's like puts the fear in me to like push myself to the potential than him being like the unique person he is he's like I want to even exceed whatever list he has for me as like as like a metaphor and he's just like I'm gonna make him like write things as I'm living yeah. yeah and so it was more about the question about like why is there no finish line what is that like what are your thoughts on the no finish line and my I think that's what it is gotcha <laughs> let me see here I like I like the you know when he talked about being fat like the truth you know being real about it like brutal reality and I think Ryan Holiday talked about a stoic is always see things as they really are mm. and that accountability mirror where you're sticking the tabs on the on the mirror every morning you're looking at your own your own truth you know you're overweight you're lazy you're getting you're sleeping in too much all the things you call yourself out on you stick them on the on the mirror you know Be better as we go week by week and we read books like the you know, it always feels like the old ones with time sort of go away and the new ones. Yeah. That one, for me, is still right up top. Every week, I'm realizing more and more how much I love that book. Which one? Obstacles oh, oh, Away. Oh, it's fantastic. It's book. so good. It's so it's good. It's two or 3,000-year-old principles that are basically in this contemporary book. It's the same principle. Yeah. Like, see things as they really are. The Stoic does that. And uh, Good to Great, which we're doing in a few weeks, I believe, Jim Collins has something that Admiral Stockdale always said when he was in prison uh, in Hanoi in Vietnam. It was called the Hanoi Hilton. That The reason he lived is he endured. He knew that he would have to endure, that all things that are lit need to be burnt to endure. Like, What do you mean by that? Like for a book to, 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 to light, it needs to be burnt, and that's painful. Oh, you know, I the see. Pain yeah, is yeah. The, the, the burning is the pain to get lit. So he, he, when he was getting tortured, he knew that he's going you know, to shine as a light, but he's going to be burnt. Gotcha. And he accepted that brutal reality. Like others said, I'll be home for Christmas, and they died of a broken heart. Gotcha. Like these principles keep coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, being truthful. All right, I got another one here from Mark. Says, he pushes through a lot of physical pain. What's the biggest pain you felt in business? I think swinging and missing sucks. <laughs> I mean, I you know, when you, especially like campaign-based stuff, like, um, you know, when you have a new rollout or something that, you know, you invest a lot of strategy into, a lot of time, a lot of energy, and then you have, um, you know, the, the, the release date and it doesn't do as well as it's supposed to. I mean, that's happened a few times and it's just, um, it's, you know, it's a temporary thing. Um, but yeah, it's kind of picking up the pieces, throwing it back against the wall. What would you say? I think it's um, when you find yourself in a place that you didn't prepare for Hmm. and you're powerless because of the environment that you didn't see coming. You missed an opportunity or you got sidetracked with something. Yeah. I think a lot of people are are feeling that right now where they're, if they're in an industry that they could have gotten out of, right? And they're, you know, they're just stuck. Now they're back to zero 
when they may have had a con- you know contingencies. You know, you got to look at contingencies in a business uh, environment. So it sucks when you everyone else is making money and you missed the mark because you didn't prepare for that. Mm. You didn't dig your well when you were thirsty. Mm-hmm. When you weren't thirsty. You didn't. <laughs> you didn't dig your well when you weren't thirsty. There you go. I got another one from Tomas. It says. Uh, you did Jocko's book, now David's book, both Navy SEALs. How can I apply these books if, even though I'm not planning or I'm not currently a Navy SEAL? Well, those, the principles and the reason the books relate so well to everyone else is that they transcend that specific situation, right? It's like there's only a few universal principles that apply to everything. And so the, the thing about, hopefully I'm not getting too deep here, but like, the context of storytelling is what's exciting because we hear about this guy that's done so many amazing things in the military and we're intrigued. And so then we can, you know, it really emphasizes the main points that we can apply to us, but it's the same exact uh, concepts, Mm -hmm. you know, like we were talking about earlier, it's you embrace discomfort, you become stronger. You set a goal for yourself, you stay disciplined, you'll move towards that goal. Whether you're a Navy SEAL or whether you're creating a YouTube channel or a business or trying to, you know, whatever it is you're doing, esports. um, Yeah, that was a, that was a, I don't know where I pulled that from, Uh, but uh, the same concepts. And that's why it doesn't matter. You got to look beyond. I always laugh when people are like, you know, can you do a video that has, you know, that isn't pertaining to runners? And I'm like, just because the stock footage here is runners, that doesn't mean that the same concept isn't exactly what you need. Think big picture. Take the concept, apply it to yourself. So, did you ever see a runner do a, a keynote? There was one guy who was on the bobsled team, did a keynote. I've seen every keynote. I saw one by Beck Weathers who climbed Everest. And they're all like, common people that did extraordinarily amazing things like mm-hmm. Goggins and, and, and Jocko both became amazing, not only seals, but they, they, they endured, they, they pulled themselves up and they did it with simple proven principles Exactly. that anybody can do. And that's why these books sold millions of copies and like karate is seven moves like a grandmaster in karate, I know this, I know a couple of people that are heavily involved, it's just seven things that you just perfect. It's not 7,000 things. It's about doing seven things 100,000 times, not 100,000 things, seven times. And that's when you become great. So if you look at any principles here, we're kind of talking to you about very similar principles that have been embedded in other books, and we're doing it with different stories to get your brain connected to it. So if it doesn't work for the Navy SEAL, perhaps it'll work for the Stoic, or perhaps it'll work for Steve Jobs. You know, we have Carmine Gallo coming on. We had a couple of psychiatrists last week and psychologists uh, with the tools. Yeah. They're just different stories that are relaying these principles that over time have, have pr- produced amazing results. Exactly. And there was a good, when you said the hero, like the, um, uh, you were talking about people that do extraordinary things, and I was walking over here, I heard um, a quote that was like, there are no heroes that are just people who willingly put themselves in, you know, situations that allow them to be heroic. Ordinary people that make a decision. Um, You know, that creates the quote-unquote heroism that we talk about. So another reason they're so impactful. Anyone can be David Goggins. Again, dude was over 300 pounds. He made a decision. You know, what's your excuse? What's my excuse? We don't have one. I mean, the, the, the blueprint he, he 
puts in place is just a it's an algorithm that worked for him. You can add, delete, modify that for yourself to get a result that you want to get. It might not be running ultra marathons. It might you might want to more model a Steve Jobs or or um, or Warren Buffett as an investor. I mean, who knows what you want to want to want to model? But these principles, you'll see see them coming. They're big ideas. Mm-hmm. They're the best ones curated from the best books, which is the reason we have this podcast like we're trying to give you a lot of information in less time that you can use and weaponize for your own your own journey your own business exactly or life yeah most of these things work in both where's the uh where's our next oh here we go oh boy Ah. (laughs) (laughs) all right so Next week, we are doing uh, Principles by Ray Dalio, and uh, we're going to finish up season two on that note. Um, what do you think? You've, uh, you've delved into that book a little bit. Yeah, I read it. It's, it's an unbelievable book. He does principles for life and business, and you could switch to life and business parts of the books around. They're still, they will still work, still work. Um, but it's about, he's, a, he's a master of the algorithm. In fact, he puts his uh, technology, you know, he's a big investment manager and has a big firm with uh, a unique way of managing money, made him a billionaire. And he, he's one of the few companies that actually posts his, his, uh, his recipe online. Like, you can literally copy it. Mm. Uh, these principles will change your life. Yeah, I know Tony Robbins endorsed him in uh, his latest book I read. Yeah. Um, so I've heard his name bounce around. I'm excited to read it. So yeah, awesome. Should be a good one. All right, guys. Well, uh, it's another week. Um, one more book, and stay then we're safe. Good. Stay safe. Yeah. yeah. What is it called? Self. Uh, Self. Social distancing. Social distancing. There we go. <laughs> it's not going to be Steve. too hard for some people. <laughs> I just sneak that one in there. <laughs> I've been social distancing my whole life. <laughs> You're really good at the social distancing. Oh, God. All right, guys. Catch you next week. All right.